Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. Like we said, we took a little bit longer break this time. Michael was traveling. But the Blackhawks, well, there's some good news. Connor Bedard, as we thought he might, made his comeback. And he actually did it a little bit earlier than we thought on Thursday. We weren't sure he was going to be back on Thursday, but he came back Thursday. Of course, on Tuesday, the Blackhawks lost to the Canucks, which, you know, kind of expected. But then he came back against the Penguins, Connor Bedard, and he had an immediate impact, set up a goal, but the Blackhawks lost again. Then they played Ottawa on Saturday, and Connor Bedard played great. He actually got robbed of one goal that he should have had. Like I don't want to say robbed, but it was an offside review that came back and wiped away a goal, but he scored, and the Blackhawks won against Ottawa, their first win in a while. But then there were two more games and, well, two more losses. Not great efforts, especially the last game against Philadelphia, but Connor Bedard is back and he's looked pretty good. So I guess that's kind of the positive we'll take. Yeah, you know, the, we're, it's still not uh... – Hawks aren't still lighting it up on the scoreboard. We still had a couple of losses where they only scored one goal, which is kind of what uh, the offense was looking like with without Bedard. But, hey, you know, we have had a couple of uh, offensive outbursts, I guess you could call them, with three goals in back-to-back games against Ottawa and Carolina. You know, that's uh, we'll take the positives where we can find them. Uh, you know, we, we, we have one line that can score now as opposed to no lines that can score. So that's, that's certainly a, a a positive for potential, uh, entertainment for the rest of the season, even if, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect, uh, many wins to pile up here. And I'm sure there's probably quite a few Blackhawks fans that are hoping wins won't be piling up here. Um, But, you know, even in that regard, I think we're kind of beyond the point where it matters much. Um, yeah, this was really. I was going to say, they're pretty much locked into at least the top three picks for sure. Top three. I'm yeah, like... I, I think at this point they're almost locked into the top two. Yeah. Well, I mean, bottom two in the standings. Um, so the worst they can end up with would be the fourth overall pick. But, yeah, I mean, this was going to kind of be the month that could potentially put some of that in doubt with all of the home games this month where it's, it was just the one game in Carolina the other night, every other game this month was home games, but the Blackhawks haven't been able to make any headway. Um, In fact, I think their record's actually worse this month than it was the previous month. So um, yeah, you know, there's no threat to the tank, at least at this point, even with Bedard and Beauvillier returning and you know uh, i know athanasiu is skating so i would expect him probably to be back by maybe by the end of the month so there's at least some reinforcements hopefully provides a little bit of an offensive spark deepens the lineup a little bit too with bedard that he had two goals wiped away for on offside reviews which i guess it just it's kind of a fluky thing but yeah he probably would have better numbers than even he actually did. Right, right. Well, and, you know, unfortunately, I uh, I did miss 
the Ottawa game while I was traveling. So um, all I kind of saw was uh, some of the highlights from that game. And obviously, you know, Bedard quite clearly made an impact in that game. You know, the, the Carolina game, that was pretty disheartening because <laughs> um, they were getting blown out in that game before they scored some late yeah, goals to, I guess, kind of make it a little bit interesting, but the game yeah, was pretty much say? already. Would you call those garbage time goals? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, you know, and then they they came back out and against Philadelphia and the effort level wasn't any better. You know, that, that's something that they've been able to avoid over the last month and a half, two months even, is those dips in effort level. They've, they've played yeah. good defense. Their energy level has been high. But unfortunately, in these last two games, we we have seen a little bit of a, a dip. And I do wonder if maybe that's a, hey, Connor's back and they won a game and he scored some goals. And so everybody maybe took their foot off the pedal, yeah. gas pedal a little bit. And the, also, you know, the, you know, the Carolina game was especially disheartening because the the team talked about wanting to end the 20 game road losing streak. And I, w- I was really hopeful that maybe, hey, you know, they can surprise Carolina. You know, they're we're coming off a victory. Connor's back. You know, we got a couple. We can maybe get a couple of goals. And if Mrazic can steal it and they're able to, you know, really pressure the but no, it was just yeah. the Hurricanes dominated the first two periods of that game. Well, I guess you could say, too, that because I didn't realize I sometimes I don't check the Eastern standings as much. I did not realize how good the Flyers were this season. Mm-hmm. They're playing two very good teams in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Flyers are structurally sound. Um, they are they've been. Highly competitive all year, you know, good teams against good teams and bad teams. Um, they're a pretty strong, strong group, even if they don't really have any stars on their team. They are a team that that does bring a pretty consistent uh, effort level from what I've seen. So, yeah, there they're certainly weren't a pushover. Yeah, and the thing um, with Carolina, you were hoping they sometimes have, sometimes can have a little loose defense. So you thought maybe yeah. they'd make up a... Yeah, you know, their goaltending isn't always the best, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and I actually saw them uh, while I was in Vegas. They they played uh, the Golden Knights while I was there, and when I went to that game, and um, they gave the Golden Knights all they could handle, and Carolina played a, you know, a pretty strong game in that and beat them. So, yeah, and they, they brought a similar, similar energy level against the the Hawks. So yeah, uh, you know, not a good matchup. Like I said, I was, I was basically hoping for a surprise, but yeah, they were, you know, they were due for one, but right. So we, we, we're now up to 21 game losing streak on the road and it's going to be a while before they get an opportunity to end that. Yep. So well, I, I guess the yeah. other big thing, I guess we have to talk about is a shoe that we kind of thought was going to drop and it did drop and, uh, Lucas Reichel got sent back to Rockford, and I guess we kind of saw it coming. He just they tried everything they could to get him going, and it just didn't work. And the only option left was to go to Rockford, and that's what happened. Yeah, uh, no surprise. Once once they made that decision to scratch him again, yeah, this this was definitely something we saw coming 
last month when they scratched him previously, or we kind of talked about this is the last time that they can do that. They, if, if his play drops off again, they're, they're really going to have no choice but to send him to Rockford, and, and that's what ended up happening. So, hey, uh, you know, hopefully he can just spend, you know, two or three weeks down there and find his game a little bit and then come back and still – still having you know a month left in the season or two months left in the season to you know hopefully build some momentum for next year uh but yeah it's it was the right decision uh i i don't really know what else we can really say on that topic because it's been a long time coming and everything they've tried this year hasn't worked so this is kind of the last resort and kind of when you're going the next year or two it's just if he doesn't, if he plays like this next year, they may have to move on, which I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know people are already talking about, oh, you know, he's not going to be a guy there. You know, they should just dump him now. I, no, I, if he does this two years in a row. Okay. Yeah. We can, we can talk about it next year at this point. Um, but at this early in the process. No, I mean. No, he's still pretty young. It's, it's. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, I don't even think he's turned 22 yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's still very very early in this process. There's there's guys from his draft year that were just making their NHL debuts, you know, like this year, and you know, Reichel's been a guy that's been up a couple of times over the last couple of years and had success last year. So obviously, yeah. he took a step back this year, but I think it's too soon to give up. Right, and you know, obviously, you know, he was given a, a pretty good ice time early in the year, but he wasn't given a lot of help early in the year either. And you do wonder, you know, under better circumstances, maybe he could have found his game a little earlier in the NHL, but yeah, you know, especially with all the injuries that happened this year, it, it's just been a tough situation for everybody. And unfortunately, you know, maybe it's been hardest on Reichel because, you know, we, we we struggle to find guys that play with Bedard. There just wasn't enough to go around with Reichel to really help him out. And, you know, if you really look at it, Bedard is probably the guy who doesn't really need the help. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, yeah, he Reichel probably needs help. To, he probably needs help to score a point per game. Yeah, he doesn't but, need help to be an NHL player. Reichel probably needs, yeah, still needs help. He can't yeah. do it by himself. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that was almost kind of their their thought process at the beginning of the year was, hey, let's see if Reichel can actually carry a line. Can he drive play on a line? And it, it just didn't work. Yeah, they threw him out um, there. You know, even before the injuries where they still had a little bit of depth, Reichel wasn't, wasn't, wasn't being that guy. And that doesn't mean he still can't be that guy later, but at least yeah. at 21, he's not that guy. Yeah, they're basically throwing him in the deep end and seeing if he could swim. Yeah, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and you just you just hope at this point that he didn't drown, you know, that he didn't completely lose his confidence. Very um, and yeah, so I, I, I don't, you know, I wish I had a lot of confidence that he's going to, you know, still develop into a guy, but I certainly haven't exhausted my patience or anything with it and um i'm still perfectly happy with bringing him 
back next year and putting him in a top nine role and seeing, you know, what he can do. Yep. Yeah. It's worth another shot. And especially like we were, we've been talking about, it's not like they're going to be like the championship contender next year either. So. Right. Yeah. This is, there's still going to be plenty of opportunity for him. Um, There's just, there's not that many other young players that are going to be ready for a, for a chance. So he's going to get another opportunity but, you know, next year he's going to have to seize it uh, because the following year, you know, yeah, he'll still only be 23 years old, but there's going to be a lot more competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's going to have a third chance at this, they're not going to gift it to him. He's going to have to earn it. So. so I'm trying to think of what other stuff talk about yeah there there really hasn't been much um i mean i was only half paying attention while i was on vacation but um but i said you didn't miss much no no i mean it was just really everybody's just happy connor's back (laughs) one thing i guess i could bring up is uh chris chelios is getting his number retired yeah yeah i mean i guess that's a pretty good segue into the upcoming schedule as well, because yes, that's certainly happening this Sunday. He's well-deserved in my opinion. Um, I know that's been a point of contention for a lot of Hawks fans, given his move to Detroit. Um, the position of this podcast is he was a great player and definitely get over it. Yeah, it's just, this is a pro Chelio podcast, so sorry. Sorry, people. Um yeah, it's this is well deserved. I did think maybe that they would wait a couple of years and maybe do like a joint ceremony with Seabrook, but they could still give Seabrook the same honor later on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like they retired number three just once; they did it on <laughs> on two different occasions. So um, they can certainly do the same with seven, should they choose to do it with Seabrook. I, I, I don't know that that's a guarantee, but uh, I. I think it's a reasonable assumption that at some point they will. If nothing else, um, the marketing department will. Well, yeah, they'll certainly push for it. Uh, you know, the only the only precedent at this point is everybody that has been retired has been in the Hall of Fame, with the exception of the one guy who died early. Yeah, so, Magnuson, thank you. I was I was drawing a blank yeah. <laughs> at the moment. Um, so. Yeah, I don't see Seabrook making the Hall of Fame. And so putting him, you know, retiring his number would certainly change the precedent. And then, you know, then you'd be looking at guys like Steve Larmer and, Mm -hmm. you know, a few other guys that uh, you'd you'd have to certainly consider as well. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the fence with Seabrook. I'm fine with they do it either way. Um, But Chelios is certainly deserving, in my opinion. Well, it's and, funny because they have on the Blackhawks app for like your best memory of Chelios. And we literally had the same memory, which I thought was funny. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, obviously, you know, it's going back a long time memory. <laughs> it's it's hard to remember a lot of things that happened back then. And, you know, the Blackhawks of that era, even though they did have good teams, never won a championship. Um, so, you know, you don't have quite as many memorable playoff moments with a guy like Chris Chelios that you might with a guy like Brent Seabrook. 
for instance, um, where, you know, we can probably recall multiple um, great plays that he made to win big games, but certainly for Chelios, yeah, that, that overtime goal um, against the Canucks back in 95, that sent them to the Western conference finals where they would unfortunately get eliminated by the Detroit Red Wings. But um, yeah, that was certainly, certainly a big goal. Uh, in his Blackhawks tenure, kind of at the peak of his career, really. Um, You know, kind of that uh, 92 to 96-ish era was kind of his his real peak where he won a couple of Norris trophies with the Blackhawks. So, yeah, I don't don't really have too much to add. He He was just a great player. And obviously, you know, a guy that played forever... Yes. And yeah, I mean, when he was traded, a lot of people thought, oh, he'd have a few more years. He wanted to take another run at a cup yeah, with Detroit right, sort of thing. Playing. And he just kept playing and playing. And he ended up playing more years with Detroit than he did with Chicago, which is Crazy. just astounding. Yeah, because you, you, um, you, you thought like, well, he'll play like two or three years. Maybe he'll get a Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah, I, I want to say they traded him to Detroit when he was like 35. Yeah. So, you know, under no like, reasonable expectation would you think, oh, you I, know, I, he's getting. I remember, um, I only remember one name, Anders Ericsson. That's all I remember from that trade. Anders like, Ericsson and two first round draft picks. I know one of them turned into Steve McCarthy. Oh. And I want to say maybe the other one was. God, was it Adam Monroe? I don't know. It was, you know, they they were for De- from Detroit, so they were both late round, late first round picks because Detroit was always awesome back in those era. Like it wasn't like an Arneson or like Mark Bell. No, no, Arneson was like a third or a fourth round pick. Um, so no, it, but it was you know it was, it was a couple of guys that didn't really turn into anything. Um, I do believe they both made the NHL, but yeah, nobody nobody that made an impact. And you know, obviously Anders Eriksson. T- didn't either even though he had a fairly long career he just you know he was kind of a a replaceable third pairing guy so yeah i mean obviously the 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 trade did not work out in chicago's favor Uh, but that's not chelios's fault uh yeah so that's you know that's happening sunday Uh, gosh i'm looking up real quick here I forgot to pull up the schedule here. So yeah, so that's Sunday. Oh, and you know, obviously that's happening against Detroit, which is fitting. Um, I'm glad they did that because I'm sure I'm sure a lot of Detroit people that he worked with will be um traveling and be in yeah, attendance for that. Obviously, Patrick Kane did the first yes. game Yeah, that is the other big happening uh, in that game. So you know, we we've kind of talked about it a lot where Hey, you know, Blackhawks are frustrating this year. We understand if you don't want to watch every game, uh, that's that's certainly not a knock against your fandom. And everyone's going to watch this game. Yeah, uh, like if you're going to pick one game this this week to watch, it's going to be the Sunday game. So, yeah, between the Chelio ceremony and Patrick Kane returning, that's definitely the one you want to watch. And honestly, that's the game that they at least have a chance of winning because the other two are against Winnipeg and Colorado. Yeah. That's probably not. <laughs> those those are very, uh, the, the odds on those games are very close to the Carolina game where you might end up with a five to one or a six to three score or something like that. So 
Yep. Let's turn into the Detroit game and and uh, make sure we get some good vibes. Hopefully, everybody, you know, not just the Blackhawks. I hope that the Red Wings are amped up for that game too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's certainly possible. And you just get a a fun high flying game between the two teams. I, I think between the Chelios thing and everybody's going to want to play good with Kane there as well. So yeah, I'm I'm really expecting that to be a very fun fun game. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's on NHL Network. Oh yeah. So I'm not going to get to watch it, but. For the folks in the Chicago land area, it will be on M- uh, 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 NBC Sports. So, no, I think it actually is. It isn't a later game. It's not a day game. I forgot. No, it, it's like a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, they used to do like two o'clock Sunday starts. I think they do like five o'clock Sunday starts yeah. now, or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of at dinner time. Um, but yeah, the other two games, oof, the Jets are not playing great at the moment, but they're still one of the better teams in the league. And the Avalanche always give the Hawks a lot of trouble too with their speed and skills. So we're, yeah, we're, we're not looking forward to those two games, but nope. Sunday certainly. But I guess like you never know, they're due for a surprise with one of these games. So we'll yeah, I, I you know, they did win the Ottawa game. But I did think coming into this month that they would at least get a couple of wins given yeah. the number of home games. So it wouldn't shock me if they won one of these three games. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. All right. Well, as always, Michael on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. And I'm STH85. And you can get the podcast on Spotify and the Apple podcast app. So, yeah, we'll be back. And, hey, Connor Bedard is back. So. There's some excitement and hey, maybe they can celebrate Chris Chelios in style. <laughs>